Welcome to Tucson New Thought. Hello, everybody. This is Reverend Jonathan Zenz. Today's message is one that is very special to my heart. Because of this, I have decided to include some parts of this Easter service in the podcast that are not normally a part of the podcast. So there's some music and additional discussion about the meaning of the resurrection, which is the metaphor for each of us rising in love as the light of the world. Enjoy. I found a, um, I found a quote uh, by Joseph Campbell that I wanted to lead with today because it is the it, it becomes the root of where I launch today's discussion, um, and it is this. What has always been basic to resurrection, or Easter, is crucifixion. Oh, what? We're going to talk? Really? If you want to resurrect, you must have crucifixion. Too many interpretations of the crucifixion have failed to emphasize that. They emphasize the calamity of the event. And if you emphasize calamity, then you look for someone to blame. See where he's going with this? That is why people have blamed the Jews for it. But it is not a calamity if it leads to new life. Through the crucifixion, we are unshelled. We are able to be born to resurrection. That is not a calamity. We must look freshly at this so that its symbolism can be sensed. Two years ago, on Easter, I had quite the experience. That was the launching point. Wow, two years ago. That was the launching point for what became this. So Easter is going to be held in a very close place in my heart forever, because Easter is the reason that, sorry, it's the reason that Tucson New Thought is here. I was serving as the spiritual director at the Center for Spiritual Living in Toronto, Ontario at the time, and I had had a particularly rough go of things. Um, And in fact, on Friday, there was this big blow up, the details of which are not important, but Friday before Easter, Good Friday, (laughs) there was this big blow up and all of these emails are going back and forth between people and it just became this humongous, like, problem. And I really finished that day feeling like, oh, I have been crucified. Because it was personal. I felt like there were some personal attacks happening that had to be addressed. And has anyone ever felt like they've been attacked personally? Is there anyone, actually, maybe, is there anyone who has never felt like they've ever been attacked personally? So what happened is, that was, that was on Friday, you know, then I have to ramp myself up to do an Easter service at the Center for Spiritual Living Toronto, which I did. And then after the service, we had a meeting following that service to discuss what had happened on Friday. And in that meeting, I was illuminated. I was illuminated in that meeting because there was that which was within me that said, there has to be an easier way than this. There has to be an easier way than what I'm experiencing right here and right now. Deepening into that sense of understanding What came through me unexpectedly was for me to voice these words to the people who were in the room. It seems to me that what I have come here to do is complete, and it is time for me to go. 
And that was the moment that Tucson New Thought was born because I freed myself of the reins of the limitation and I rose up into a new expression of the self. We all have this capacity. We each are living an eternal and infinite life. We can never do away with spirit and soul, even if physical form is released. We can never do away with spirit and soul. That which is the core of our beingness always moves forward and is always resurrected into new ways of being at all times. On Tuesday night, I had a most profound experience just this past Tuesday. I went to Centennial Hall and there was a performance by the, there's a group out of Austin, Texas called Conspirare. They're a vocal, they're, they're a choir basically. And their, their, their leader has written this larger piece, has written this, basically this full length piece called Considering Matthew Shepard. Do you know who Matthew Shepard is? Matthew Shepard who was beaten and left to die on a fence in Laramie, Wyoming in 1998 because he's gay which really touched my soul because he and I are basically of the same age. I mean, we're in the exact same, we're in the exact same generation. And I choose not to speak of, of him in the past tense because his spirit is eternal and is with the entire beingness of life, no matter what, whether he's physically present or not. So this show, Considering Matthew Shepard, first of all, I had a small part that I got to play in it, which I am so grateful for. Otherwise, I may not have gone to see this show, but this is a show that has shifted my, my life. Um, at, during the epilogue of the performance, the, there's the choir on stage, and then there were a number of choirs, one of which was the choir that I belonged to, were invited to come. And at, during the epilogue, when we're singing, where is, wh what is... Um, what is it that we are looking for? And it's all about love is basically the message of the song. All the choirs who were invited stand up in the audience surrounding those who are there just as witnesses. And we all start singing this lyric. And it was such an, ins in, 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 an insane, powerful moment. I was going to say an intense, powerful moment. But then the word insane started to come out. And that's so clearly that's what needed to be said. It was so, so powerful. What could be the song where do we begin? We begin in understanding that there is one thing and one thing only, love. So considering Matthew Shepard, what the show is, is, is based around is the idea of bearing witness to this event, this tragic event, and understanding it from a different perspective. Not letting it be about those who committed the act or the victim in the act, but what is the larger story that is being told here? What I found very fascinating, and this is how it ties into the resurrection and the crucifixion, is that there was, a, there was an unexpected character in the show. And there are many songs that are attributed to this particular character. And the character is the character of the fence. What was the reaction of the fence? As though it had some sense of deep understanding or maybe not, as this fence was shown to cradle Matthew Shepard at the end of his life. And then the fence becoming an altar 
the fence becoming and becoming and becoming and living its own experience of life in its own magnificent, unique way. So there seems to have been a correlation drawn there between the fence and the cross. Now, I don't know if this was purposeful, and it just so happened that this is being performed during Holy Week here in Tucson. The, the, the main section of the show is called The Passion. So I think there are a lot of correlations here. I don't think that the composer, Craig Hella Johnson, was intending to deify Matthew Shepard in any way, but saying we need to come to a deeper understanding of our unique wholeness. Passion, people forget, means suffering. That's the literal definition of passion. When we talk about passion, the passion of the Christ, it is the suffering of the Christ. We all can experience our own passion of the Christ because we all share in a Christ consciousness. And how we move beyond suffering is to rise into a higher understanding of what that Christ consciousness means. And so we're going to, I'm, I'm going to offer an affirmation today. It's not the one in your program because, again, it's Easter. I get to do what I want to do. I'm going to read this, and then I want us all to say this together. The affirmation today is, Today I rise to a renewed sense of self. I am infinite. I'll say it one more time. Today I rise to a renewed sense of self. I am infinite. Let's say that together. Today I rise to a renewed sense of self. I am infinite. One more time. Today I rise to a renewed sense of self. I am infinite. When I think of all the times the world was ours for dreaming, when I think of all the times the earth seemed like our home, every heart alive with its own longing, every future we could ever hope to hold. All the times our laughter rang in summer, all the times the rivers sang our tune. Was there already sadness in the sunlight? Some stormy story waiting to be told. Where, oh, where has the innocence gone? Where, oh, where has it gone? Rains rolling down wash away my memory. Where, oh, where has it gone? When I think of all the joys, the wonders we remember, all the treasures we believed we'd never ever lose, too many days gone by without their meaning, 
many darkened hours without their peace. Where, oh, is the innocence gone? Where, oh, where has it gone? Vows we once swore, now it's just this letting go. Where, oh, where has it gone? Where, oh, where has the innocence gone? Where, oh, where has it gone? Rain's rolling down, wash away my memory. Where, oh, where? I want to start today with something that the composer has written about this song. Craig Hella Johnson wrote this. At its core, it is a song about remembering our original state of being, our original happiness. In a challenging world, we live lives of forgetting who we are, with many layers of stress and anxiety. I don't know a lot about this composer. I just know that he's in Austin, Texas, but I kind of wonder if he's in this philosophy. I really start to wonder, because we also had a question and answer session before the show, and the way he was talking about the show, uh, he was talking a lot in phrases and terms that sounded very familiar to my ear, and I thought to myself, this is somebody who understands new thought, who understands that deeper sense of being. At its core, it is a song about remembering our original state of being, our original happiness. As we forget, I think that's what we search for. It's why we come to centers like this, to get us back to the root of the root, as Rumi says. The root of the root. There is a correlation between Easter and Passover, both of which are part of this weekend, this weekend's experiences in other faith traditions. And the correlation is that there's, there, there, there's talk and, and, and understanding of bondage and freedom. That there is that in the physical world that we are bonded, that we feel in bondage to. And that when we can release the sense that those things have any hold or sway on us, we open ourselves up to the infinite freedom that we all seek. When we come to know who we are, we release the need to suffer. We release the need to live a life of passion, the suffering passion. Because heaven knows, I'm going to live a life where I thrive in passion with that, that, that core of beingness always flowing forth magnificently. I'm going to talk a little bit about one of the aspects of Passover. First of all, do, does anyone watch the Ten Commandments every year? Yes, yes. I, I don't have TV anymore. We just buy all of the stuff that we want on our little devices and we watch that. So I don't watch the live broadcast of the Ten Commandments like like I used to. Um, but there is a point in the Ten Commandments, and you know, if you know the story of the Ten Commandments, Moses goes up, to, goes up Mount Sinai, and he comes down with, with the Ten Commandments, right? Today, I want to talk about the Third Commandment. Does anyone know what the Third Commandment is? 
You were all very good students <laughs> in Sunday school, weren't you? Well, there are, there are discrepancies in terms of what commandment goes where, depending on your tradition. I'm going to talk about uh, the third commandment being, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. So another thing happened on Tuesday. I have this great monthly event with, uh, with Reverend Steph St. Amand called the Conscious Coffee Connection, where we go, and it's an online community, and we go online, and we all have a conversation around what's coming up for us. One of the people that was in the conversation this week was a, was a, was a compatriot, a, a friend of mine, and a, he, was, he and I were, in stu were studying together to become ministers, Reverend Doug LeBeau. <gasps> Do you know Doug? Yeah, so Reverend Doug LeBeau, became, he and I became ministers at the same time. We were in the same class. Yeah. So Reverend Doug LeBeau was on the Conscious Coffee Connection this week, and he talked about going to the Center for Spiritual Living Los Angeles uh, a few years ago, and Rabbi Ted Falcon was speaking at the CSL in Los Angeles, and he talked about the Third Commandment. And he says, there is, a, there, there is another way of understanding the translation from Hebrew, and it is... This, instead of thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, it could be more closely understood as I am that which is always manifesting. That's a little bit of a difference. But the point of view is to say that we are that which is. And as we understand that we are that which is always manifesting, the minute we speak ill taking the name of the Lord thy God in vain, we are now creating that. We live that. We live the results of that consciousness. And so it is up to each and every one of us to be on top of how it is we are thinking and believing and presenting and speaking. Whatever you speak, your word is power. Your word is power. You are speaking as this divine power, not to this divine power. You are this divine power of love. It will either imprison you or it will release you. It will either have you live in bondage or have you live in freedom. You get to decide you are at choice. Amen. Amen. <laughs> the action of life is what is important here. We spend a lot of time, or we may have come from traditions that spend a lot of time concerning themselves with two events. Now I'm moving on from, from uh, the Old Testament, and I'm moving into the New Testament. Many of us may have come from traditions that spend, the, spend a lot of energy in considering two events, the birth and the death of one particular individual. For me, that's not what is important. For me, what is important is understanding the dash. The dash. Everything that happens between those two dates, the dash. We all have a dash, right? We're all living our dash right now. Are we living the birth, the death, or the dash? The ultimate dash is what... Is, is what we rely on in New Thought, to have a deeper understanding of these traditions. Now, New Thought, let's talk about religious science, which is my branch of New Thought. Ernest Holmes very clearly had the idea that New Thought was a Christian tradition. Did you know that? Yeah. It is, he, he rooted it in the fundamentals of Christianity, which 
some people have some issue with. He, he spoke of Jesus, the man, as the greatest teacher who ever lived. That was Ernest Holmes' point of view. I believe we have evolved to a new idea, which is why this particular ceremony is so important to me. To deeply understand that there is love at the core of all faith traditions. No one tradition is right, not even religious science. But if we are on the journey to deeper discovering through our experience of life, the dash, that we come to a deeper place of evolvement ultimately. And that's what we are rising into. Any teaching rooted in love, any teaching rooted in love, has the capacity to resurrect the soul. It comes down to rising into the deepest understanding of our infinite self. I keep turning it down. I'm sorry. <laughs> we can turn it down some more. I just feel like it hasn't, it's not kicking in. Oh, okay. So you may just be having part of your dash. <laughs> to resurrect the soul, I believe we must come to know more and more who we are, knowing we are whole and complete. We are the infinite expression of love. Ernest Holmes says it in a particular way. He says, the perception of wholeness is the consciousness of healing. Healing is understanding and knowing the divinity in our own heart. When we align with the divinity in our own heart, everything changes. We are healed. Now, I believe, and I will teach, that I believe this is what Jesus was teaching in his time here that's why his dash has become so prevalent and important, even in new thought. He teaches that the kingdom of heaven is within. The kingdom of heaven is our state of mind. We get to decide that we are living in the kingdom of heaven right now through our state of mind. He taught the father and I are one. He wasn't talking about just himself. He was talking about the universal I am that I am. Ten Commandments. I am that I am. The Father and I are one. Each and every one of us is the inherent divinity in form. And it is done unto you as you believe. That's the law of cause and effect. Jesus was teaching new thought. The kingdom of heaven is within. The Father and I are one, and it is done unto you as you believe. That's the entire teaching. That's it. All of this to teach three things. The kingdom of heaven is within, the Father and I are one, it is done unto you as you believe. That's it. And variations of these principles are found in all faiths, in all faith traditions. But we must move beyond. Now, here's, here's where I want to really say that we should be a center for spiritual evolution. We must move beyond just considering them. We have to move beyond just thinking about them. We have to allow them to become active in our lives and become a useful part of living. That's why our mission is important, providing practical tools for personal transformation. If it is not practical for me, it is not valuable in my life. If I cannot put it to use, it doesn't matter how much I know. A woman on the Tuesday call, I asked her permission 
uh, if I could use this because I thought, oh, there it is. She said this, and she said this changed her life when she spoke this out loud and embodied, uh, and embodied it. She said this, thinking about my thinking doesn't always help. Thinking about my thinking doesn't always help. And I'll tell you what, we ministers, we're really good at thinking. We're really good at thinking. We spend our lives thinking. We are, we are, we are new thought philosophers. So there is this, there's this part of our lives that is spent in contemplation. All right, so now I'm going to sit and try to more deeply understand what is happening in my life all around me from that deepest perspective of oneness and knowing. And, well, life is happening while I'm doing that. I'm not saying that there is not value to contemplation or meditation. There is value in that. But it has to lead us to the next thing. Spiritual practice must be practical and lead us into action in our lives. That's why we say all the time, treat and move your feet. Praying is not enough. It is the activity beyond the prayer. How do we get there? How do we get there? Oh, see, that's the big question. That's the big question. Sundays are lovely. I love to come and be inspired. I love to be an inspiration to others, and I trust that I'm an inspiration to you on some level. Maybe not, I don't know. It is, it is time we rise above the thinking. It is time we allow the philosophy to lead us into action. If we say that we are grounded in, rooted in, and expressing only in and as love, is there evidence for that in every aspect of our lives? And where do we go off track? And do we have the capacity to get back on track? That's the teaching. This teaching is a teaching about movement and action and evolution. All action is rooted in this understanding. <clears throat> Excuse me. Action, all action is rooted in this understanding. The resurrection is the death of the belief that we are separated from God. To practice the presence of God is to awaken within us the Christ consciousness. Christ is the soul of God in man and women. He, Ernest Holmes uses gender-specific language. That, to me, is something we can rise into. That is a light illuminated in our soul. I've been, on my personal podcast, I've been going through the Sermon on the Mount. No, yes, the Sermon on the Mount. And right after the Beatitudes, Jesus says this, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men so they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. You are the light of the world. There is that creative nature within you. That is the Father, the creative nature within you, which is heavenly and always unfolding from that state of mind. That is a light that we must allow to shine, no longer hide it under a bushel. That is what I believe to be the importance of resurrection, rising into the next thing and the next thing. I have plenty, but thank you. <laughs> I've still got some. Rising into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, actively participating in our own evolution.
I'm ending my message today inviting us all to sing a very easy song. I will lead it, and you will pick it up very quickly. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the creative nature which is heaven within you. I am a light, I am a light, I am a light in this world. I am a light, I am a light, I am a light in this world. And I shine, and I shine, and I shine so bright. And I shine, and I shine, and I shine so bright. That's the whole song, I am a light. I am a light, I am a light, I am a light in this world. I am a light, I am a light, I am a light in this world. And I shine, and I shine, and I shine so bright. And I shine, and I shine, and I shine so bright. I am a light, I am a light, I am a light in this world. I am a light, I am a light. I am a light in this world, and I shine, and I shine, and I shine so bright, and I shine, and I shine, and I shine so bright. Let's let our neighbors know you are a light. You are a light, you are a light, you are a light in this world. You are a light, you are a light, you are a light in this world. And you shine, and you shine, and you shine so bright. And you shine, and you shine, and you shine so bright. You are a light, you are a light, you are a light in this world. You are a light, you are a light, you are a light in this world. And you shine, and you shine, and you shine so bright. And you shine, and you shine, and you shine so bright. We are a light. We are a light, we are a light, we are a light in this world. We are a light, we are a light, we 
are a light in this world and we shine and we shine and we shine so bright and we shine and we shine and we shine, and we shine so bright we are a light we are a light we are a light in this world we are a light we are a light we are a light in this world and we shine and we shine and we shine so bright and we shine and we shine and we shine so bright we shine we shine we shine Thank you for listening. Visit TucsonNewThought.org for updates on everything that's happening at the center. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Tucson New Thought. Namaste.